Okay guys, what's up? This is Carlton CO2 Owens back on the mic. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Sense Podcast. I'm in the mobile studio doing my ripping and running, but I, you know, I've been trying to get this last part two of this interview that I did a few weeks back. And today is the day, guys. I've been getting emails about it. I want to make sure that I get it out. This is our part two of the interview uh, that we did with Nadav, who was really, really disrupting the whole educational space um, on the high school level. If you didn't have a chance to listen to the first episode, you got to go back and listen to that show before you dive into this show because it is really good. But before we dive into the show fully, uh, let's first have to pay some bills, keep 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 the plate spinning and the rent paid, as my uncle uh, Butch would say. And so, um, CoinSeed. CoinSeed is one of our sponsors, and they are an app that allows you to invest in cryptocurrency by using your pocket change. If you ever thought about actually investing in cryptocurrency and said, man, Bitcoin is too expensive, Ethereum is too high, how do I invest, how do I get in? Well, now you can just invest using your pocket change. Literally, just link your debit card or credit card to this cool app called CoinSeed, and you, when you do your normal, everyday, run-around spending, you will literally... Um, be rounding that purchase up and taking the pocket chain and putting it into a cryptocurrency portfolio. Not just Bitcoin, Ethereum. There's other coins you can also invest in. Uh, that may not even be as much, but as just as impactful, especially if you can get it for pocket change. So go over to the show notes, grab the link, and you'll be on your way to building a cryptocurrency empire. We also have to give it up to Encrypted Apparel. Encrypted Apparel it's a flyish cryptocurrency clothing line in the business. Go to their website if you want to stay fly and cryptocurrency conscious all at the same time. Uh, use the coupon code CryptoCent, C-R-Y-P-T-O-C-E-N-T-Z, all one word. Get a nice uh, discount on your purchase when you go over to the website, which is wearencrypted.com. That's W-E-A-R, encrypted.com. All right. Last but not least is you guys, the ones that are listening to my voice. You also are sponsors of the show. You sponsor the show already because you're listening. It's because of your ears, but we're able to get sponsors, right? But you also are in a position of power to um, help support the show. And you now can support the show with as little as 99 cents. Uh, when you go and you click the last link in the show notes, take you over to um, a place where you can sign up and you can, you know, really, really become almost like a, 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 a legacy member. I think that's what I'm gonna start calling folks that that actually support the show, legacy member um, to the Crypto Sense podcast. And um, maybe I should come up with some type of maybe some type of T-shirt or something, but. It, you know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but nevertheless, you can support the show. Thanks for the ones who are already supporting the show. If you're on the fence about supporting the show, um, no pressure, but definitely every little dime, nickel, quarter, cent adds up to us and allows us to continue to put out cool and, and fresh content. All right, so go over to the show notes and check it out. All right, now um, I'm going to dive right into the show. Um, next voices that you're going to hear are going to be myself and the dad who is doing some amazing things and disrupting the educational space with blockchain technology. All right. If you haven't heard the first episode, I encourage you to go back 
so you can be able to just click right into what what this show is about and what he was talking about how we continued the conversation so hold tight don't move a muscle All right, so we're back. We're back. We are part two. Um, hopefully, everyone had a chance to listen to part one. It was so jam-packed, so we're just going to dive right in the conversation where we left off. Um, it's good to have you back on the show. What's been going on? I mean, man, Carlton Owens a second. What's up? I'm glad to be here. Such a pleasure. Such an honor to do two parts. I'm loving it. Oh, fantastic. Cool, cool. All right, so... um. We, you know, we were talking about quite a few things, but there was one question I have for you that I really wanted you to, uh, you know, dive into is this concept of academic capital. You talked a little bit about it in part one, but I want you kind of to just deep dive a little bit more into that and kind of connect as to how that you know, relates to, you know, where things are going with, you know, cryptocurrency and just how we're looking at value, especially in the future, you know, economy. Yeah. So I'm going to um, I'm going to step back for a second and just relate it to something that we know pretty well, because the amazing thing is a lot of stuff has already happened in the economy. We can look to that as models of what education is going to look like. So um, if you look at advertising, right, there's the ad men, you know, Madison Avenue. That doesn't exist anymore. It's these teenagers checking how many views they've got on their YouTube video. Right. Um, and they're becoming influencers when they can hit the 10,000 and, you know, boost from there. And so that's, that's the kind of version where the users, where anybody can try to be an advertiser, and only those that succeed, that, that actually produce results, are the ones that actually get the jobs, the ones that do the work, not the ones that work for a certain company even. It doesn't matter. So that is social capital, right? And so what happens with these inversions is these new forms of capital are formed, where capital used to be land and machinery. Now it's who's following you on Twitter right? It's, it's mm-hmm. gone digital. So education, then, when we invert, the similar thing kind of happens. Um, a standard, instead of being written by a few stodgy white men behind closed doors, and then once they publish it, that shit doesn't change for 50 years, is over. And what happens now is anybody can create a credit. Anybody can get, you know, and not that doesn't mean all the credits are going to have any value. Maybe no one's ever going to look at some of these credits, but anybody can, can try. And those that make good quality credits, will get recognized by the city and state authorities and become high school credits that students can actually graduate with. So that's the inversion that's happening. And so with that inversion comes something called academic capital. Academic capital, social capital, if you try to define it, right, it gets a little slippery. Academic capital is a little easier to define. It is pieces of high quality student content that have been approved for a credit. So once I submit my work to a gate and the gatekeeper says, you past that gate, you did, you, you did, you know, the minimum or something above that, um, that piece of work then becomes um, academic capital. And we can talk about some of the, um, there, there are some intricacies, there's some, some difficulty here in operationalizing it, but the idea is to let students participate in a digital economy where they invest, so the students become the investors, they become the, you know, Goldman Sachs um, of the world, but they're investing their sweat equity, their time, their effort, you know, they're, they're building their skills. And in return, they get this basic income paid out in funny money, paid out in cryptocurrency. Um, and they don't get paid per piece of work. The gatekeepers get paid dollars per piece of work. The students get funny money, get internet money. Um, 
as a basic income for those that get the most credits that manage to get generate the highest volume of academic capital. Um, so it's focused on academics, not social, but it's a little bit similar to uploading a video to YouTube and getting a million views, you generate social capital. Here, students are generating academic capital, um, so it's not focused on popularity or likes, it's focused on the teachers evaluating and saying this is um, academic work that met the standard of research, writing, um, you know, math, whatever the standards are. And and I would imagine these, uh, let's say for this example, these academic uh, coins, so to speak, they could be used at maybe different places that they probably are already maybe spending their attention or time or money in. Like, you know, first thing that comes to mind is if I'm a, if I'm a kid, you know, there used to be something, in, and I may be dating myself a little bit here, but you may remember this. There used to be something with Pizza Hut used to have growing up as a kid where if you read a certain amount of books, yep. you would get these stars, and if you got a certain amount of stars, you would get that free personal pan pizza. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't, but it's great. I love it. Yeah, well, well, basically, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that those incentives kind of work similar to that, where they're getting, they're creating value and they're getting value, and they're getting value at a place that they probably would have already gone to to spend time, attention on money, you right. know? So like, like Bitcoin, the DNA credits are the rails. On top of those rails, people will build trains and companies and station, right? There's all this stuff that gets built on top of the um, open source infrastructure that's owned by everybody. So what I'm talking about is kind of the fundamental rails. Now what happens just in terms of um, kind of game theory is the kids that participate earliest get the most of these coins as we need to inject these coins into the world so there's enough of them for people to even want to trade. But the first kids are getting, you know, just a few kids have it. Nobody's going to honor that anywhere. But the idea is that once more and more people are getting these into their wallet every month, they're going to advocate for them being worth something. And the coins are designed as a side chain of Bitcoin. So they have a value, a, a very definite value linked, a tied, pegged, to the Satoshi. So these coins, if anybody wants to trade them, they'll know how much they're worth because of their peg to the Satoshi. And this is getting a little bit into the economic weeds here, but the DNA, the, the, the form of cash that they get in this, the cryptocurrency they get that's a side chain of Bitcoin has an inflationary schedule, unlike Bitcoin, which is deflationary. This about 4%, the first few years we have to pump a lot more, but once it stabilizes, about 4% of new coins will be generated each year, which motivates people to get rid of their coins and spend them, right, and use them, which then motivates them to get exchanges to adopt them. So I'm leaving that up to the kids to adopt and advocate and find exchanges that will trade these coins. We're creating them and giving them out, and once enough people are holding them, I think there's going to be an incentive for those people to say, hey, Let's actually talk to some people and make this an accepted currency. And if we can build it right, it should be easy for Binance to start trading a coin like this. Wow, wow. I mean, so really it's, it's for example, decentralizing on so many levels. And that's really, that really goes to the core of how this economy and how all these different opportunities are moving. Wow, wow. wow. Right. So we're creating incentives for education to improve itself. Right. So we're giving money to teachers who can show results with students because then they can on their app approve pieces by watching them as gatekeepers and they can make 200 bucks a pop for that. So they're getting incentivized to work with kids and you can only become a gatekeeper if you produce results with kids, get kids to produce 
academic content. If you don't produce results, no gate is going to welcome you as a gatekeeper, right? And similarly for the students, we're creating incentives. Now, the digital cash that we're talking about, the system of incentives is designed for diversity. What that means is the only way your credit is eligible for the basic income paid out in internet money, the only way you're eligible for that credit is if in your, let's say, state or in your city, in your broader community, the academic capital that is produced is as diverse as the population of that state. If you wow. match the diversity, then you get the academic credit. So kids have to organize themselves to make sure that every zip code is producing content. Because if there's a zip code that's left out, they got to go find out what's going on over there. Wow. So the incentives, wow. right? So that's, that's where the diversity piece is. You only get the basic income if you make sure that everybody is included in generating this stuff. Those communities that generate a lot of credits might get AP credits, might get college credits, might get, you know, into Harvard, but they're not going to get that basic income award of, you know, cryptocurrency into their wallet every month unless they organize at a bigger scale and the students organize to demand diversity. Did I lose you there, Carlton? Just a little bit. I, I don't I got the okay. part of that. Yes. Yes. So, okay. um, and I'm jumping around a little bit here too, uh, but it, you know, it all kind of connects with what you've been saying, but you made a very interesting point in your book where you talk in the rebirth of work. Um, and, and you talked about this a little bit too, part one, but, but what exactly did you mean by that exactly? So, yeah, we talked a little bit about part one. I pointed you to the research that showed from, you know, I think it was 95 to um, from 2005, 2015, like all the jobs, all the new jobs created are temporary part time. So you have to be able to be valuable to a company to work right now because everybody's a contractor. Right. So that's the that's essentially what's happening is the um, because of transaction cost economics, these corporations are unbundling and um, the, the individual worker is taking on the risk. Um, and so you don't get a you know, all those benefits of the job anymore. You have to start learning how to focus your attention and have work ethic to actually get something done. And that's what we need to model in our high schools. You should only get credit if you actually do the work to get something done. And teachers should only get to teach if they're helping you do that. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. That's so key. And, and so you just can't just get a degree now and just say, hey, I have this degree, pay me. You actually have to you know, be creating value because everyone is moving more to being more and more efficient, especially these yep. big mammoths of companies. Right, and why not let education lead the way in that rather than follow behind 20 years later, right? Why don't we have kids generating content to teach other kids and the ones that generate the stuff that teaches the most should be rewarded for that just like they will be in the real world. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, with with the current climate that we're in now, particularly with the coronavirus, COVID, and everything that's happening, it's really uh, shedding more light on how um, fragile the system is and how many things that are happening that points out, you know, where value is and where value is not. Um, yeah. And so yeah. when you yeah, so when you look at that, how do you see that playing in? You know, especially with the corona situation the massive disrupt, um, disruptiveness that's happening, and also with the digital, you know, how does the credit system and everything play into those conditions? Yeah, so I'm in a, I'm in a crazy hurry right now to get, a, to get a product up and available for people to use by September because schools are going to need all the help they can get. 
and incentivizing people to help the schools is what we need. And so this is a system that incentivizes people that can help kids with the video side get involved because they can make money. And then the teachers know that video editing isn't their problem. They just have to work with the students on the revisions and on the frustration of, you know, working all the way till they get to a quality product. And Yes, I think that what we're seeing with COVID, what COVID has done is shown that decentralized organizations survive much better than centralized organizations, and that some decentralization was forced on the school system, right? Suddenly the parents are involved, and right, because the kids are stuck at home, they decentralize the schools is what they had to do with COVID because we couldn't all be together in these buildings. So what COVID is accelerating, hopefully, and it might not, but what if we go with that and we, and we work on that decentralization so that there are supports there for the students, um, we'll become more anti-fragile, as I think a lot of people in the you know, Bitcoin community like to talk about. The, the fact that decentralization is anti-fragile is nothing new. The fact that diversity is anti-fragile is nothing new because the harder the more diverse a population is the harder they are to control so democracy gets stronger economics gets stronger because you can't have one ad campaign that everybody's going to follow we become a little more complicated a little harder for the ai to manage the more we're diverse just like your economic advisor will tell you diversify your portfolio because that makes it anti-fragile right just like we tell our genes we don't have sex with our own family members because that wouldn't allow the appropriate diversity for our gene pool to evolve so we know that diversity and decentralization are, uh, in, in a lot of instances, are much more efficient than centralization. So the DNA credits, and people are going to have to step up and help us code this. I'm an active high school administrator, right? I'm not, so we're going to have to just do this together. It's not a complicated app. I've drawn it out and I've talked to some people. It's a very simple app, but we want to get it running so that people can actually use this. I want my friends, my colleagues, you know, that are hungry to be able to have this support. Um, because I know people that run podcasts that would mentor one kid, and I know principals that have classrooms where they need those mentors, right? And why not incentivize it so that people are getting paid, so that people have the appropriate motivations to do this with their whole heart and their wallet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you said quite a bit there. And so this idea of being able to tear down the entire public school system and start from scratch um, – and what you just said just now is almost a balancing act because, you know, we still need the buildings, obviously, to a certain yep. degree, but we still need that level of decentralization and have this evolution that takes place with the current system. When, when you're yeah, I don't that. think we're tearing anything down, though. I, you know, I think we're just providing support so that the system can evolve and do what it does better. I think teachers always went into teaching to help create futures for young people. The industrial model has not let them do that. It forced them to teach the test and they know that that's corrupt. So I think by freeing teachers and freeing our schools to do what they really meant to do, um, we'll be able to see results. But the teachers don't have to change. The buildings don't have to change. Um, we have everything we need in place. It's just a matter of giving, that we haven't created a tool where anyone at any school can upload a video and get a college credit for it. And that's what we need to do. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, look, I mean, this has been great. You know, it's just a continuation of what we talked about. I'm so happy we were able to nail out these, these final questions. Um, how can um, folks be able to learn more about what you're doing? You know, where can they go, your social media handles, all of that? What's, what's, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, so on every platform, on first initial last name, my last name's tough. It's N-Z-E-I-M-E-R. But if you go to Education Digital Age, look at the book, you can find my name. 
Um, I really, if people can code, I'd love for you to reach out. I'm not on social media a lot, so kind of medium is probably the best place to follow me. Like publishing an article every few weeks is much more my pace than being on Twitter every day. But I have all the socials and my DMs are open, and I'd love to hear from anybody that wants to help us make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, we got to get you back on the show and do an update. I mean, there's so many moving parts, so many things that you're doing. Uh, but definitely, if you can, you know, come back and uh, spend some more time with us on the show at a future date, please. Yeah, I'd love to do it once the app is out so that we can talk about the next what, what we need to have people using it. Um, and that would oh, be an absolutely. honor and a privilege. Absolutely. Definitely going to get you back when the app is, is, is up and pumping. And um, But thank you once again just for taking your time. I look forward to hearing more you know, from you and uh, about your project and the audience obviously is very excited, you know, to hear more. So thank you so much and uh, you take care and don't be a stranger. Okay. Thanks, Carlton. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. What an amazing, amazing part two interview with Nadav. I mean, just incredible listening to all of the things that are going on. So much is, is happening with education that I can't even really wrap my mind around. There's so much going on, you know. Uh, uh, education, miseducation, how how it's all kind of incentivized with money and, um, and, 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 and uh, different incentives to be able to keep funding, but it's not really achieving, it's not really dealing with the, the overall uh, purpose, which is making sure that our kids are educated to be able to um, gain knowledge that's going to allow them to, you know, operate and function in our society, especially in our changing society with technology and, and, and everything that's surrounding that. I mean, literally, you still have kids going to school, whether it's high school or going to college, that are studying things that, frankly, it's just out of date and obsolete. And getting into degrees and majors and concentrations on things that, at best, doesn't really exist. At worst, doesn't even have a purpose, you know, or doesn't even exist at all. So it was... It was it was really eye-opening to see how, uh, you know, blockchain technology obviously uh, can be used to to patch up these holes and to add, you know, to to create more trust around the system, more transparency, and more democracy around the system um, of being able to figure out what is valuable, what's not valuable, and really give the power back to the teachers and also give, you know, students. Um, that leg up to, to feel like they can be able to do something. So um, we definitely got to get him back on the show. He has some amazing projects that are going on. Uh, we talked a little bit about that offline, but he has some stuff that he's going to come back and talk to us um, at a later date. So sorry it took me so long to drop this part two. I've been ripping and running, um, but I had to get it out. But check it out. Uh, you know, of course, if you didn't listen to part one, you, it's a must. You got to go back and listen to part one and hear what uh you know the dad has to say about you know everything going on uh with education that builds up to this part two show all right so look make sure you continue to follow us on facebook twitter insta 
Um, I haven't started a TikTok yet. <laughs> I guess I got to get some video to do that. But I haven't started TikTok yet. I haven't started even YouTube yet. So, uh, but cool, guys. Stay stay plugged in with me. Um, we're going to continue to find good content. We're going to continue to find hot, hot stories and hot topics around blockchain and cryptocurrency. Um, thank you so much for supporting the show. And until next time, holla back.